0: Emmy-winning actor and producer David Milburn is here to talk about his documentary, 100 Years of Men in Love, and give us his spin on our LGBTQ issues. Hi, David. Hey, Charlotte. Thanks for having me on your show. Tell us about 100 uh, Years of Men in Love. Well, it's really a project that comes straight from my heart. i tell you, when I was growing up, as a little boy, there was boxes of my family photos, and I would go through them, looking at them, and I came across uh, an old tin type, uh, which is an a old-fashioned um, form of photography, one of the first forms of photography, and there were two young, handsome men sitting real close to each other with their legs uh, crossed towards each other, their hands crossed towards each other, and they were holding a sign that said, Bourbon, Indiana, 1908, fair. So this was taken at the fair. So what asked my parents, who are these young guys, these young, attractive guys? Oh, that's your great, great, great uncle. Well, my dad was born in Bergen, Indiana, in 1926. So these were my ancestors. So I always held such wonderment uh, for me you know, who these gentlemen were. Well, Spita had, uh, my parents passed on, and then Family photos came to me, and still that tintype, I even framed it. I said, who are these two handsome young men? Uh, then I came across Neil and Hughes collection of uh, men, partnerships, uh, loving relationships, and these photos that they had collected, 3,700 photos, and I suddenly said to myself, ah, that's it that's who these two young, attractive men are. They're my ancestors. Uh, I need to celebrate them, as well as the other 3,700 uh, relationships that were captured uh, with Neil and Hugh's collection. So I contacted Neil and Hugh, and I said, I would like to make a documentary of your collection. And they said, absolutely, let's do this. So they gave me 3,700 photos, I went through them, culled them down to the photos that you see in the documentary, and trying to select the ones that said the most, told the story. Because 100 Years of Men in Love, the accidental uh, collection, is really also a history of photography and this new form of media. But the fact that these gentlemen were able to say, here's my love, I love you, you love me, Let's capture it in this new form of media. Let's take a picture. Even though they were risking everything at the time because uh, these relationships were not celebrated. In fact, they were criminal. And I said, this is a chance for me to bring to life their love, their commitment, way past their prime and their due date, and let's celebrate it now because I feel that these photos are as relevant now as then. We stand on their shoulders, uh, we really do, for our freedoms that we have today. And I wanted to celebrate that. What do you hope to accomplish with this documentary? I really want young people and uh, all people to realize that um, these relationships, these partnerships, these uh, love connections, if you will, have been around forever. I mean, the documentary goes from 1859 to 1959. And I'm hoping that these images that we're bringing to life in this film will inspire people to say, you know what, yes, we're here, we're queer, we've been here for a long time, these gentlemen had the guts to stand up for their love and their commitment, and I'm going to carry that torch on, and I'm going to celebrate them with the freedom that they helped give us, and go on, go further. You know, I always say that if you um, pass the torch along, you're, you're in the dark. So don't, don't pass the torch along, but ignite somebody else's fire and passion to bring about uh, social justice. I'm hoping that with this documentary, young people and all people alike are going to jump on the bandwagon and say, these people did it back when it wasn't cool, when they risked everything. What am I going to do? Okay, maybe the documentary, and I'm hoping that the documentary will ignite people's desire and passion for social justice. Because, you know what, at the end of the day, if we do unite Black Lives Matter, women's issues, uh, trans issues, we have a stronger voice. And our voice is louder and bigger. And if we unite and we show up for everyone else's causes as well, then we have a stronger voice and we can move our causes along with everybody else's. What would you like to accomplish with your work? Well, my work has been all about uh, social justice. Uh, I just truly believe that, like I said, if we unite our voices and our causes, then we have a larger impact upon uh, change. And if we can do that um, through movies, through television, through programming that provides imagery that furthers our cause and that we let authentic voices and creatives tell those stories, then we're able to bring out a universal understanding that at the end of the day, we're all the same. We're the same people and we deserve the same life. What would you like to see happen for our LGBTQ community in the uh, Biden-Harris administration? I feel that, you know, if this administration can get the DOJ to take a more active role in fighting for anti-gay laws in states, you know, like Florida and so on, I feel that if this administration can activate the DOJ to take an active stance to further anti-gay laws, um, That would be a huge step. I mean, uh, they're doing well, but you know what? We need to do more. We all need to do more. And uh, I would encourage uh, people to reach out and to stress upon this administration and the DOJ uh, through avenues. We expect to further social justice not just sit on our heels. I'm not saying that they are sitting on our heels, but when I see the uh, don't say gay experience, its ugly head in Florida and other states uh, enacting restrictive laws, and trans issues, that's not where we want to be. With LGBTQ teens already four times more likely to attempt suicide than their heterosexual peers after facing bullying incidents, what advice would you have for these kids, especially during these challenging times? It's so important that young people interact with their peers. And I'm not talking about Facebook friends or TikTok friends or followers. No, we need human contact. We need to get our young people to reach out to one another in a very human way in person to connect with like-minded people. It keeps them mentally healthy. It keeps us all mentally healthy. When I say young people, I'm saying I'm really talking about all of us. We create relationships on screens uh, and not in person, Uh, you're not really having the human experience. I think if we can tap into the human experience of what it is like to be on this planet, uh, we can see the universality of our condition. And you don't get that from your followers, you don't get that from Facebook friends, you don't get that from TikTok friends, you get that from... Being with another human being, another like-minded human being. Um, Reaching out to um, uh, social clubs, mentors, allies. Reaching out for the human contact, which will give us the human experiences. is our savior. How can people get information about 100 Years of Men in Love? Well, they can go to here.tv, H-E-R-E.tv. And uh, you can see it uh, on that streaming service, on our cable um, networks throughout the country. And uh, we're really on every platform uh, available. So TV, and uh, enjoy this um, wonderful film. What other projects are you working on? I'm currently writing a, um, a kickboxer feature called Big Rage. A feature film we're going to production in October. Um, The premise here is that, you know, for so many (laughs) years, uh, we've let the straight media define uh, what an LGBTQ person is. This film is going to be an action film, and the kickboxer, our hero of the film, is a male, and he's going to do good, and he's going to be a good guy, and he's also, in his personal life, an openly gay man who's married and very uh, out about his life. Uh, we're feeling at here TV, one of the new frontiers is to create an action hero who's played by an openly gay male, and there's nothing to do with sexuality in the film other than he is a typical action hero. Now our audiences will realize, and they'll do the research of the film, and they'll see, oh my god, this lead actor is a hero in the film, He's authentic, and most importantly, he's authentic in his life as well, in his personal life. He is an openly gay male who's married. So, that's kind of the new frontier, to have authentic creators, LGBTQ creators, creating and telling stories from our point of view, from our lens, and not necessarily the straight media telling us stories. I'm really excited about that project. And Girls' Voices Now continues, which... Uh, I'm in my third season of Priceless Now, where we gave cameras to underrepresented um, young women, 13 through 18, and we match them with female uh, mentors, and we say, go tell us your story. Go tell us what your life is like. And they they come back with those shorts, and uh, I put them into a series, which uh, we were so honored to um, win the Daytime uh, Emmy last year for Best Children's Short Form Programming. And uh, that uh, series continues uh, as well. Is there a question you wish people would ask you? Well, it's interesting, Charlotte. You know, I I feel that uh, by telling authentic LGBTQ stories, we are able to show people our lives through our lens, our lens. This goes right back to Girls' Voices Now. I remember when the little Muslim girl... With the hajib, her story was uh, how she's bullied and made fun of the one hajib. And and she said to me, David, David, we'll we'll never win the Emmy. I mean, it's just my story. It's a personal story. I didn't even want to be on camera. And I said, Mehran, here's the reality. The more personal a story is, the more universal it is. We all have that bullying. We all have something in our lives that people laughed at and made fun of us. So you were brave enough to share your story for the camera and therefore it's going to reverberate to so many more people. And she said, yeah, but we're up against Disney, we're up against Sesame Street, we're up against Apple TV+. Plus." I said, you know what? Your story matters. And when we started this program, I would see these young filmmakers and we would have a premiere of their shorts and we'd give them certificates. And if these groups don't go into show business. They're still going to have a self-esteem from this moment on when they complete their pictures and they see you know, 200 people in the audience in the premiere uh, seeing their stories. They're going to know that their voice matters. I don't think that they knew that their voices mattered, but they do. Every voice matters. And through Girls Voices Now we're able to give them uh, their lens and uh, have them tell their stories. I think that's the future. I think that that is <laughs> is where we're going. I think that everybody needs to see at the table, and I'm so honored to uh, bring these stories to life with your TV. Do you have a favorite quote or mantra to get you through these difficult times? They have been difficult, Charlotte, and creating material and content while we're going through the pandemic and now with Ukraine and the ugliness we see in the world. I do. Focus on the possible. What is possible? If we take our mindset and we get away from, I can't do that, I can't do that, can't do that. No, get rid of all that can't. What can I do? What can I do? What can I do now? So you have to circle the wagons. You have to say, okay, this is the situation. How can I still tell an authentic story? How can I still be true to myself? How can I further social justice and other people's concerns as well and ignite other people's torches to carry on their own voices and their own issues? I just totally believe that if we band together and we join our voices, we can fight for all of our needs. So let's focus on what we can do.